Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Tina Larson, who is the powerhouse behind the Folsom Group. Tina, how you doing? I am great. Thank you so much, Timmy, for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Okay. So I'm from Sweden, hence the accent. But I moved to New York in 1994, so I'm a true New Yorker. I've been here for a long time. And, and what, do I, <laughs> what do I like to do for fun? Yes. It's funny that you should ask, because last week, was it two weeks ago? No, last week, I jumped out of an airplane. Wow. Never done it before, and it was amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Has that been something that's like been on your bucket list or did you just up and decide to do it one day? It wasn't really on the bucket list, but you know, all of these coaches like yourself say, oh, you have to have a bucket list and then you have to go through all of these to conquer your fears. And I never had a desire to jump out of a plane. (laughs) But my husband goes every year. He's gone five times and every year he goes, he goes with a bunch of guys or a group. So this year, I'm like, yeah, I got to put something on my bucket list. So I said to myself, I'm going to ask if I can come along. So I didn't really think about it that much, but I, and it was never on my bucket list, but I went like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I did it and it was amazing. It was so much fun and it was just I mean, it was, it was amazing. There's yeah. no other word for it. There we go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Outside of jumping out of airplanes, what else do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I am an avid city biker. It's, I don't know if it's really for fun. I do it for fun. <laughs> it makes me feel like a teenager. And as you can tell, I'm not a teenager. I bike everywhere I go. I bike to meetings, to coffee meetings, to one-on-ones, to networking events, and to social events, to clients building, from clients building. I bike from Brooklyn to Manhattan, and I bike everywhere and anywhere. And I do a lot of networking, so it's a lot of biking. And I love it, and when I do it, I sing on top of my lungs, because... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is kind of fun. (laughs) there we go so anytime you're biking you're also singing absolutely Mm. my speaking coach i have a plan to be on it i do a ted talk next year and so i have a speaking coach and my speaking coach she said i'd do something crazy so i she said like sing (laughs) yeah i sing So I bike down Park Avenue in heels and a dress on my way to like business clothes on my way to a networking event because I'm meeting executives. So I have to look nice. 
and I sing and then all the construction workers, you know how they have their roll windows rolled down because they're probably smoking maybe. Yep. And they hang out, they videotape me, they take photos, they sing along. Last week, someone, there was a guy who said to me, um, so I started, na, 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 na. and then I heard, and I was like the only one in the bike lane. And then I heard this guy, he went like, na, 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 na. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah. I love That's it. I do for fun. Biking in dress clothes and singing. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit more about the Folsom Group. What are you guys Abs doing? Yeah, absolutely. So oh, first, are you in New York City or where are you? I'm okay. in Austin, Texas. Ooh, Austin. Okay. But you have Austin, they have apartment buildings there too. Yes. So I'm in New York City and we are i started a firm called the folsom group which consults co-op and condo boards on reducing their expenses and the way that that came about is kind of a funny story because we bought an apartment my husband and i in 2004 and i worked on wall street he worked on wall street and i've been a business analyst on Wall Street for the purpose of investing my clients' money for the last 25 years or something. And so I knew how to analyze businesses. So in a few, 2011, I think it was, we got to find, we got to, on Christmas Eve, our board sent us a letter that they were increasing the maintenance again for the 10th year in a row. Merry Christmas to us, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had never paid attention or we had never paid attention to it. And all of a sudden I went like, well, wait a minute. Isn't it only supposed to 5% per year and there's no inflation. And they're telling us that it's only supposed to cover their expenses. So if expenses are increasing at the rate of inflation, which was zero at the time or close to, why are they increasing the maintenance by 5% per year? To line so their pockets. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. So it didn't make sense to end over 10 years. That's a huge increase. Yeah. So what we did was that we spoke with some neighbors and we asked them what they thought about that. And they agreed with us. So we had a coup. We took, over. <laughs> yeah. we took over the board. We get a group together and we get majority and we had a big riots and stuff. And, and we got, we took over the board. As soon as we took over the board, we thought, I, I was actually never on the board. My husband is the board president, but he's more diplomatic, shall we say. I have not so much patience for, uh, sure. uh, yes, for politics and stuff. Yeah. And to be nice to people that I don't like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm nice to everybody who's nice, but when they're pain in the neck, then yeah, that's for someone else. So, but he asked me to help. So I did what I knew from Wall Street, which was to benchmark, to find out. So a building has all of these different expenses. And... I don't know. I didn't know at the time if 10,000 for exterminating services were high 
low or just normal. So I went out and I get the financial statements from all these other apartment buildings, pretended to be a buyer and put together a benchmark. And now I knew if 10,000 was high, low or normal. And then we went through and we made some phone calls, eliminated some services that were paid for. Same service paid to two different vendors. But why would you pay for one, the same service twice? Anyways, so we were able to save our own building $340,000 in the first three years. Wow. And that's on an annual budget of three million. So it's a big number. It is. And, and um, as a result, when I was out networking, you know how many people want to meet another financial advisor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I started introducing myself as uh, Tina Larson. I helped my co-op save three hundred forty thousand dollars. And a lot of people said to me, can I introduce you to my co-op board? And that's how we started our business. Mm. Okay, so let me understand this a little bit more. The co-op, are those the people who own the kind of whole apartment complex? Yes, or individual owners. So- I got you, I got you. if If they're apartments, they can either be owned by one owner who rents them all out, and that's a multifamily owner and their rental apartments. Or if you buy your apartment, then it's a co-op or a condo. And in your neck of the woods, it's probably a condo, or they might even call them an HOA. Yes, yeah, okay, I see. So the, the board was legitimately just trying to be efficient with their spending. It wasn't like an owner where if they decreased their expenses or charged you guys more, they would make more to their bottom line. No, no. I no. gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, that makes and sense. And in an apartment building, a lot of people say, well, every all, each apartment owner pays for their own expenses and they do inside of their apartment, but the expenses that are paid for by the organization, by the HOA or co-op are, the heating, water, insurance for the building, uh, elevator expense, maintenance, roof repairs, facade repairs, anything that is not inside of the apartment are paid for by the association. And then those expenses are passed on. And that's like basically the monthly rent for the owners. And then the owners pay for their own homeowners insurance and their own electricity, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. Okay. So really nobody was getting wealthier by charging you 5% extra per year. It was just like, you guys were just wasting money, essentially. It was just wasting money. I see. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you came up with the solution you did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, we would work with buildings in Austin too. But there are so many buildings, there are so many co-ops and condos in New York, and we're the only ones who do what we do. So we don't, so we market to New York only. Yeah, because you don't need no, to go outside. No. At some point we will, but no, yeah. 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 I got you. I got you. Awesome. Well, let's jump a little bit more into your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? <sighs> Excitement. <laughs> 
I am passionate. I'm a passionate person. I'm an, I have, uh, I'm an A-type person. I have no problem. People say, oh, do you hit the snooze button? There's no snooze. I don't know the last, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where the snooze button is. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I am passionate about helping every co-op and condo owner live in New York City, live in a building that's safer, greener, more sustainable, and more affordable. I love it. I love it. Run us through those. Safer, greener, more affordable. And more sustainable. Gotcha. And think about it. The... I don't know if you heard about the condo collapse in Surfside, Florida last year in 2021. That building collapsed because the board was not actively doing what they needed to do. And it was a tragedy. The 98 people died, many of them in their sleep. And it was in part due because they did not do the maintenance and the rep repairs that they needed to do. So we try to help co-op and condo boards act more proactively to keep their building safer. Absolutely. I love it. Well, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals now. We know that you want to do a TED Talk in 2023. Yeah. What are some other dreams or goals that you have? <laughs> well, one of the building is to make uh, one of the goals is to help every New York City co-op or condo be green and uh, to have an impact on New York City on the city itself to make it more sustainable. Other goals is that my TED Talk next year. I wrote a book. It's coming out in the fall. Okay. Okay. Yes, and it's currently with the editor. And um, you're never going to guess what it's about. Is it about making condos safer, greener, more sustainable, more affordable? <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Timmy. There we go. <laughs> Consistent with the brand. And that's it. <laughs> and and um, I mean, the five-year goal is to be nationwide. There we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 10-year goal. I doubt that it's going to happen, but I guess I have to retire at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, got I, got I, I see myself as Warren Buffett. I'm probably going to work until, but probably more from a remote beach in Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to kind of have the systems in place in 10 years so you can be remote. You still do the work that you love, but you have an option. Yes, exactly. There we go. <laughs> well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd help you take the next step towards these dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you? Mm -hmm. Well, Oprah would be good <laughs> <laughs> since yeah. I wrote the book. <laughs> yep, yep. I can think of nobody better to promote my book than on Oprah. <laughs> that, that is facts. That is facts. <laughs> Oprah is a common one, believe it or not. Gary V. Mm. Mm. Why Gary? Gary? Um, oh, well, he's the marketing guru. 
Absolutely. Is he not? Yes, he, he really is. He's very inspirational. I. You know, you know what Gary Vee would tell you? He was tell just me. telling you to uh, post twenty TikToks a day. I know. <laughs> content, I, content, content. I know. And I post on LinkedIn every day. There we go. There we go. But but I don't post on TikTok. My husband doesn't want me to be on TikTok. Really? Why is between, that? Between you and me. <laughs> between you and me and everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, safety issues. I mean, I they're, they're, it, who owns it? It's not a good thing. I see. I see. Yeah. So I don't, well, I also don't have an Alexa <laughs> or Siri. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got to make sure they're not listening to us. But I do. <laughs> here's the but thing. I do... Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, they... here's the thing. They really do listen to us. Like, I'll talk about something, and then not even an hour later, an ad will pop up on my Instagram exactly about that thing, or a post will pop up with that specific movie scene. And I'm like, this can only happen because my phone is listening to me, like straight yep. up. Yep. It's pretty scary. It mm -hmm. is. It is. Yeah. yeah, no. So I'm not on t TikTok, but I'm very active on LinkedIn. And I used when I, I, I uh, took a LinkedIn or I have a LinkedIn trainer. I joined him in June of 2020 when we were told to stay at home and do nothing. Yep. Um, so I joined his course and I'm still in that course. He's fantastic. His name is Joe Appelbaum. And he took our business from having zero prospects and clients from social media to now 80% of our business comes from LinkedIn. Wow. Mm -hmm. All with a, I know. So that's a fivefold in our business, new clients. And it's quite amazing. And the other day when I posted, here's just a proof of the importance or the benefits of posting on LinkedIn, because I know a lot of people, they said to me, oh, I like Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last week when I posted my skydiving video on Facebook, I have 200 views on LinkedIn. It went viral. I have now 40, the last time I checked today, I had like 45,000 views. Mm. So where would I, what would I rather have? 200 or 40,000? Yeah. I mean, really? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there we go. Mm -hmm. So we got um, Oprah, Gary Vee, and um, is there anybody else you want to mention? Yeah, I guess Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Yes. He's, uh, he would be good to meet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish your dreams and goals? So we're talking about Sally at the grocery store wants to help you grow your business or reach your dreams and goals. How would she do it? So Sally can help me by listening for anyone who lives in a co-op condo or HOA, but the apartment building, not the communities, but the legality of it doesn't matter. 
and listen to if they complain about anything. So if you're an owner in a co-op or a condo or HOA, then very often you complain, oh, they have such strict house rules. My, I, I, I want to have a dog, but they don't allow me to have a dog or they, allow, they only allow me to have certain breeds of dogs or only small dogs that want a big dog. So dogs is a big issue that people complain about all the time, or they complain about that their monthly fees went up again, or they'll complain. They always have complaints about their board or when they're buying that they have such strict rules. So we have an interview. So anytime anybody complains about their co-op or condo or HOA, I want to speak for them. And you know how people never want to listen to complaints. When it comes to people who live in an HOA, I want to hear all their complaints. I got you. <laughs> should, you should host a podcast. I want to be on 100 podcasts first. <laughs> okay, so be on 100 before you host one. Yes, that's okay. the plan. We're going to add that to the dreams and goals section. <laughs> you know how many I, podcasts you've been on so far? Um, this year, about 30. There we go. But I was only on one in 2021. So it's a big increase. That is a huge increase. Yes. But I made an, I made an effort in the beginning of this year. I said, I want to be on 20. I think it was, I said 24 podcasts because two a month was my goal, but I surpassed that. Yeah. And there's still four months, five months left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things is that I, I post on LinkedIn saying that I'm looking for podcast speaking opportunities. And very often people like yourself reach out. And that's how I get some of my podcast appearances. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Good old LinkedIn doing what it's supposed to do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And our first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. I'm going to say a book because I actually took my book out. That is Getting Things Done by David Allen. Oh, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. Yes. It's a great book. Before I read this, I was all over the place, multitasking, less focused, my, year, my word of this year is focus, and I have really focused on doing one thing every single month. So my podcast month was March, and that's when I booked tons of podcasts. But then, as you know, some of them happen in April, some in May. Um, and then April and May, I had two months because I thought that I was going to be able to finish a book in one month, but that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it took two months so i've been trying to do one thing fo one focus each month and it's all thanks to this book and it's made a huge difference in my life and even my personal life and our business so is that kind of the focus of the book it says pick one thing a month do that one thing that is it it it's giving you tools how to organize your life so it's not really exactly saying that that was my interpretation of it 
it's basically saying that to have organized, however you organize it, if you organize it in a spreadsheet or in Asana or on traditional notepads, just to have projects that you want to have done that they don't necessarily have to be done now. So it's basically like the Eisenhower box, what needs to be done now, mm-hmm. urgent and important, not urgent, but not important, etc. So it's four boxes, basically. And then he says the last box, if it's not urgent and not important, cross it out and don't put it on a list. Facts. And then and then I put three items on my daily list. So the night before I make a list of the three most important items for the next day that I need to accomplish that will have the largest impact on our business. I love that. Okay, so talk to us about the largest impact on your business. Cause I think a problem for a lot of entrepreneurs is knowing those KPIs, knowing those revenue generating activities. So how do you isolate what the most important thing is for your business at this point in time. So I also, I never knew the, how to, people say, oh, you have to have KPIs, but I didn't know where to start. So I actually took in my goal setting course uh, in December, I put together my KPIs finally, because nobody provided me with a template. So now I have a template. So I have all the inputs, and then all the outputs, all the results. So the inputs are those things that I do to make the results happen. Yep. So the inputs, for me, the inputs are how many LinkedIn followers do I have? How many one-on-ones do I do? How many networking, how many people do I meet with networking? Um, how many posts do I do on LinkedIn? But nowadays, that's 20 a month or so. And how many referrals do I give? Mm, Okay. How many times do I invite people to events so that they remember me? So those are kind of the inputs. And then the outputs are how many referrals do I get? (laughs) How many board meetings do I have? how many, how much revenue do I generate? And also in the output is also how much, how many Google searches do I have a month? How many uh, people visit our website? How many people download our free tools from our website? Um, yeah, so, and those are the KPIs. And what I have, I have the same list for month by month and I have my goal. I know how much I want to reach by December. And then I have my daily where for the exact same items, I put them down every single day. So now I had a podcast. So today, by the end of the day, I'll put in, pop in one podcast. And then at the end of the month, I'll just summarize for each month. And our Google search this year is up 300%. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. But I know, but a year ago, I wouldn't even know it. Yeah. Because I didn't keep track of it. There we go. And a year and two years ago, when I started with my LinkedIn coach, he helped me set up KPIs for my LinkedIn activities. And two years ago, I had 20 views of a post. And now I have on average, so the month of July, I just looked at it today. 
I had 3,000 is my average views of all of my posts on LinkedIn. That's amazing. That is amazing. That is, your average was 20. What is that, like 150x? <laughs> you know. mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So cool. So cool. Mm -hmm. It is. But it's also about, as you know, it's also about being generous. Yes. So I engage in a lot. I have a tribe on LinkedIn and I engage in their posts as often as I can. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. What is one way you like to take care of yourself? Go for ice cream with my husband. <laughs> What's your favorite type of ice cream? <laughs> um yesterday and yesterday was like the third time this year that we had ice creams we went to the ice cream shop so it's not like i do this every day uh <laughs> hey, butternut squash Ooh, butternut squash i'm not a fan but i respect it <laughs> i another one of my favorites is sea salt caramel i like that one better Okay. I'm glad I could convince you. <laughs> awesome. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Oprah, Gary Vee, or Warren Buffett? Good question. I, I need to start writing good comments on Gary Vee's posts, I think. Mm. I think that's going to, yeah. And it's one it. of those, do you, do you write comments on his posts? I, I don't write a ton of comments on his posts. No, I've, I think I've written a couple. I did that a little bit with him and with Tony Robbins. Yeah. And Tony Eric Robbins. Thomas, the hip hop preacher. Oh, I don't know him. Eric Thomas. Yeah. E.T. I didn't know him. Okay. I'll Eric. check it out. He's a good motivational speaker. I'm a fan. Ah, okay. I'll check it out. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. I, I normally like his posts when they stop by the feed. I don't watch the feed very much. I don't hang out a lot in the feeds so of social media feeds, but, um, but if I do see it, I, I like it, but I always feel like, I don't know what I have to add here. Yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want to add something, but I'm like, what can I add that would make me sound smart you know yeah yeah no i feel that well you know what gary v would say to that <laughs> i know what he would say to that he would say just add and in fact he would say comment 20 times <laughs> yes he would <laughs> yeah but um i, I think that's but, a valid point and maybe now that it's recorded and people are gonna see this maybe this is my time to start doing that and it's a new month Absolutely. So, you know, I concentrate on one thing at each month. So maybe that's what I should concentrate on this month and see if it has an impact on my output. There we go. There we go. <laughs> as I'm sure it will, as I'm sure it will. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into our final series of questions. And these require a bit more pretext. They're a bit more involved and I didn't send them beforehand. So if you don't have an answer, it's totally okay to be like, I don't know. Alrighty. Here we go. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change 
to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change, the catalyst that helps people make that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree, disagree, have anything to add or subtract? I completely agree. Just like, I mean, in, in a way, it's no different than when an alcoholic finally asks for help and goes to AA, right? Yep. So, yeah, no, I don't know if I have anything to add. I mean, it's... Yeah. If things go completely wrong, or then you need help. I mean, I have always, I have always felt that I wanted a coach, but I never found the coaches that I wanted. And then that I had a good connection with, I never found the one that I said, you know what, I want to be, I want to be coached by her or him. And during the pandemic, I reached out to a few friends in March of 2020. I said to myself, what am I going to sit here and do nothing for the next, how long? They said 12 weeks, right? And I thought that that was terrible to sit and do nothing for 12 weeks. So I reached out to a few friends and I said, listen, I just need a coach because my I'm going to drive my husband night, uh, crazy and I'm going to be crazy myself. So I need a coach. This is the perfect time to do this. And I had a group of people who used the same coach. Her name is Terry Maxwell and she's in Dallas, Texas. So I joined her group coaching program that she had just rolled out. It is life-changing. And then she said, she said, oh, you need to be more active on LinkedIn. I said, how do I do that? She said, you hire a LinkedIn coach. And then my LinkedIn coach, he said, you need to do more video. And I said, but I'm not comfortable on camera. I said, how do I do that? And he said, hire a speech coach. (laughs) So now I have a team of coaches. (laughs) It's facts. The most successful people do. I know. I mean, you wouldn't, you haven't heard of the Olympic team that made it to the Olympics without the coach, did you? have you? Nope. No, you have not. Gotta have a coach. Awesome. Well, why do you think, given the same amount of extreme inspiration or extreme desperation, some people make the choice to change and others don't? Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. It's a very thought-provoking question. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, is it is it because the despair is not big enough? I mean, I don't know. I listen to Joel Osteen. Sorry, everybody out there, but I love Joel Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm laughing because you apologize for it. Joel Osteen's great. He I think so. I think so. Many too. people's lives, I'm sure. I know. I listen. And the funny part is that my husband he always says says to me, he said, You're the only non-religious person I know who listens to him. And I listen to him. So in New York, he's playing on TV every Sunday at 11 30 a.m. And I watch him every single Sunday. Really? <laughs> but you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. 
Well, because I grew up an atheist. I mean, so that's so. I, I, I mean, so I don't really believe in God. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> because that's how I grew up. I think I. What do you, what do you I like oh, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Go for it. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, but well, he talks about that a lot of times. That you have to go get help and yeah it's one of the hardest things and if there was a clear answer um some might think we'd be able to come to a clear solution and i think there's not a clear answer so it's kind of hard to solve for that like we can't make people choose to change we just can't no have to come to no. that on their own yeah yep well some people need a smaller amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger more consistent amount what do you think establishes that breaking point and can it be influenced? That's another great question. Thank you. Don't you think that it's like, like any other, like I have a very high pain point. I broke my ribs and all of this. And then I went straight back to work because I have a high pain, pain point and my my friend who's an acupuncturist, she said, I cannot believe that you did that. You must have had such high paperwork. Whereas other people, they prick a finger and then they can't, then they're in bed because they're so sick. I just, I just, I, I don't know, but I'm thinking that it might be something like that, that it's just the way we are. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a doctor. For sure, the podcast or a scientist, or a scientist, or is an expert in this area at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we got one last question for you. Mm -hmm. And so, before I ask this question, I need you to think about a person who has a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help, and they're not willing to accept change. So, in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the avatar I just told you to keep in your head, how can we, you and I, create an environment that makes it more obvious, more attractive, more easy, and more satisfying for that avatar to make the choice that will change their life? Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's very hard to change people's minds. It I is. mean, and I I don't have an answer to that. Even I read that book and it's a fantastic book. Um, but I don't have a good answer for it. Sounds I good. Mean, Neither do I. That's why I'm asking the questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have certain people that they ask me for help all the time. And then when I give them they ask me for advice. I mean, I have no problem if they complain and they tell me all of these problems, but then they don't ask me for advice, then I'll be happy to not give them advice. But if they ask for my advice, then I, it's a little, a little disappointed when they just... Yeah, when they disregard it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no. and But I have tried not to... Uh, keep those people around yeah and that's really all we can do because we're all becoming our best version of ourselves right and if we kind of 
stick around people that are pulling us down, it's going to be really hard for us to level up. And a lot of the answers we've gotten on some of the, these answers is like, be an example. So go level up yourself and then inspire people to level up. Yes. And that's a good one. And that's, of course, that should have been my answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's only my answer because I've heard other people say it. it's part of my answer, at least because I've heard other people say it. I heard one person just describe the sales process at one point. And I really liked that answer because I think my genius zone is selling people on themselves. It's what I love to do. I can do it all day. And it's just like, I like being there with people when they make that choice to like bet on themselves. It's so fun. Yeah. So I, I just think that's really cool. But yeah, always asking these questions. I haven't gotten an answer that's quite satisfactory. Like I used to only ask, um, what's the catalyst that helps people change? And I got an answer that I was like, okay, it's kind of the same thing over and over. So now I ask these questions to kind of go a bit more in depth. But anyway. Yeah, no, it would be a good thing to know how to change their minds because just it's a very similar. It's the same reason that we are having that when we have prospect clients who don't sign up because they don't want help. Yep. And so it's I mean, it's not only your business or your particular field. I mean, it's in a lot of a lot of fields that there are people they just it's easier not to do anything. Absolutely. Maybe Absolutely. it's their comfort zone and it's a little scary, just like jumping out of a plane. <laughs> yeah. It's a little scary to do something that you're not usually doing. For sure. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome, Tina. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Timmy. Of course. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No. You're going to give them your contact, my contact information in the show notes, I'm assuming? Absolutely. I'm about to go through that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you loved what Tina had to say, you loved what she does, you happen to be in New York and you live in a condo and have a co-op that needs some help, hit Tina up. All the ways to contact her will be down in the show notes. As we always ask, go ahead and shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.